2: Welcome to The World in 10, the story of the world revealed and analysed by The Times of London's correspondents every day in 10 minutes. It is Alex Dibble and Eleanor Shearwood with you.
0: Today, The Times reveals Hamas has been working more closely with ISIS. Also, soldiers involved in Israel's occupation of Gaza in 2014 tell us what it was like.
2: Times correspondent in Israel, Anshul Pfeffer, has filed a really important piece today. He has discovered that links between Hamas and Islamic State are closer, they're stronger, than was previously thought.
0: So this all centres on Egypt's Sinai Peninsula, which is just south of Gaza. Now, Anshul told us what his intelligence sources have revealed.
1: What we've learned is that there have been various training of, uh, of, of Hamas members carried out also in Sinai together with, uh, with ISIS. There, there are Hamas members who have moved uh, to Sinai and become members of ISIS there and vice versa, I, vice versa, ISIS members who have joined Hamas. And in some cases, we're talking here about members of quite prominent families within Hamas, including the nephew of Yeher Sinwar, who is the Hamas chief, In Gaza, probably the most important person in Hamas today, seen by many as the chief mastermind uh, of of Hamas's terror attack on Israel on October 7. And it seems that uh, some of these members were also involved in an attack back in April on a small uh, village in Sinai where as many as 300 uh, Egyptian civilians were killed in this ISIS attack, which received very little attention at the time. But it does look as if there's a similar pattern, similar methods, similar types of tactics in the way that ISIS attacked uh, that town to the way that they attacked Israeli communities uh, two and a half weeks ago.
2: Another element of this is Egypt, because in Egypt, the government there is in a conflict with ISIS in Sinai. And Anshul believes that the closer the links are between ISIS and Hamas the harder it's going to be for Egypt to accept refugees from Gaza.
0: So those are the broader factors influencing the crisis. But what about developments today? Well, Israel sent tanks and soldiers in limited ground raids in Gaza to fight Palestinian gunmen and also to get information on hostages. And this comes as they've released footage of bombings which have been done to target Hamas, who've killed more than 1,400 Israelis.
2: In Gaza, where those strikes are hitting, there are claims that more than 5,000 people have now been killed. More aid trucks have managed to get in, but still far fewer than was hoped for.
0: Now, as of yet, there's been no full-scale ground invasion. But if and when that happens, what can we expect? Richard Spencer is the Times correspondent in Tel Aviv. He's tracked down Israeli soldiers who were involved last time Israel occupied Gaza, back in 2014.
3: I was very struck by the different emotional responses to their experiences that these soldiers had had. One guy we spoke to who was a former paratrooper was very matter-of-fact about what he had, had to do, very uh, focused on the task. He, as a reservist, had been called up and was waiting for the order to go in again uh, to Gaza this time round. Uh, and one guy, his unit had come under attack. A guy had been killed, and he said he was terribly affected when uh, he had encountered a his unit had encountered a family of eight people of civilians who hadn't left the neighbourhood. And uh, that family he later discovered was killed in an Israeli airstrike. And he was very moved by that, and and it re- made him reassess his attitude towards the military, towards Israel. Uh, even towards his religion.
2: The Times continues to cover the latest developments, including the news that hundreds of ultra Orthodox Jews, who are generally exempt from conscription in Israel, have been voluntarily signing up to fight.
0: There's been shock in Argentina because the leftist economy minister, that's Sergio Massa, is unexpectedly leading after the first round of voting in the country's presidential elections. So now he'll face a runoff with the libertarian Javier Millet, who fires up supporters at his rallies by wielding a chainsaw.
2: shock is because Millet was expected to win the first round of voting. That is him there still positive, saying that it's been a historic day either way because so many voters voted against the government. Now, the context here is that Argentina is in a financial crisis and inflation is is at nearly 140%. Yeah,
0: and that's another way really that shock comes into this because Massa's the economy minister and his party's been in power a long time. So Mm. there's a real question as to whether he's got the credibility to fix this problem. And that is a question that I put to the Times' Stephen Gibbs, who's our correspondent in Latin America.
4: I think part of the problem is what is the alternative and Millais is an extraordinary character and uh, one that you know, with some reason, some Argentinians fear. So Massa played into that. Also, Massa's Peronist Peronismo is a very successful political movement in Argentina. It's ruled for most of the last seventy-seven years. So there's a machine, really, of the political party that was activated in the in the last week, particularly to get the voters out and to get Massa over the line into the second round. But he's, you know, he's not out of the woods yet. It's going to be a very interesting and very polarised and difficult few weeks ahead for Argentina. And it's not completely clear who's going to come out top.
0: So if it seems like it's still all to play for, then why are Malay's plans so controversial? Here's Stephen again.
4: What he's saying is really, you know, let's pull down the entire state. Let's cut almost half of all ministries, let's slash spending, let's get rid of the peso and and replace it with the dollar. Sort of all all these symbols of the Argentinian state he wants to tear down. And also on the social uh, side, he is controversial, in a way contradictory, because considering he's a libertarian, you know, he's quite conservative on some social issues, particularly on abortion. So you know, an absolute mishmash of of policies and a very, very controversial figure, but one that has appealed to a whole lot of Argentinians because, you know, they feel that this country's in such a mess that you've got to press the emergency button and they think that Millet is the man uh, to do that.
0: Normally, I wouldn't dare talk over opera, but this is important because rehearsals at Barcelona's opera house, El Liceo, are a bit different because they've hired an intimacy director. Now, her name's Ita O'Brien, and she's worked on shows for HBO and Netflix before. She doesn't think enough thoughts given to intimate content, and more questions need
5: to be asked. Who's doing what to whom? How does the um, singer playing the perpetrator hold himself? What's the touch? What's the movement? How does the singer who's performing the role of the victim, how, you know, how are they happy to be touched? What's the choreography of that? There was no consideration given to that. And in that place, of course, the performers did their best always, but without that um, process of agreement and consent sought, then that's where people could left from feeling awkward to feeling harassed to feeling absolutely abused and activated.
2: She goes into it a little bit there, but if you're wondering how the role of the intimacy director works, it does involve asking different questions and... Those questions are about the characters themselves.
5: Once we've got the basic shape of what's happening, then we're going to get the actors up on their feet and check out. Okay, let's have a hug to connect. Let's find that that, um, intimate connection with each other and then we'll check out touch. Are you happy for your face to be touched? Where are you happy to be touched? Down your back. So all of that's checked out. And we're inviting the performer to really tell us your boundaries. And that's a big shift in the industry. This has come at
0: an interesting time because there's been this whole scandal in Spain about the kiss at the World Cup final. And it's actually the first time this role has been introduced in Spain, but it's rare throughout Europe. Now, we've been hearing from the actors themselves as well, who seem to think it works. One of the singers there saying it makes her feel more comfortable and she wants one in every opera.
2: Yeah, so will it catch on? Ita certainly thinks it will. Um, But that is it. We are out of time on The World in 10 today.
0: We're back tomorrow, but remember there is more on all these stories on The Times website. Head to that, take out an online subscription and start reading.
2: See you soon.